Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here? Whether literally or figuratively in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. I have been so looking forward to connecting with today's guests. Like so many of the other fabulous women, women I've had the privilege to speak with, she wears multiple hats as president of B2B Social, as well as serving as CEO for Loomly and Sendable. Her illustrious career brings in-house and agency sales, marketing, social media, and so much more to these current roles. She has also become an expert in remote leadership, managing many diverse teams across multiple continents from where she lives in London. Curious with a passion for problem solving, a kindred spirit, clearly, with me. She loves trying new and interesting cuisines, pushes herself by setting and busting goals for both her work and personal life. Welcome, Caitlin Sorensen. Thank you, Kathy. Really excited to be here. I'm so happy to to get to connect with you. This has a bit been a bit in the planning, but before we get into it, as as my listeners know, we start off with four core questions. Did you really eat tarantula in Cambodia? And, and one, what did it taste like? And two, why did you do it? Was it a dare? Um, my dad and I really like to try different cuisines um, and different kinds of food. So it's it's more of like a daredevil, like it's cool to be able to tell the story type thing. Um, the tarantula itself tasted sort of like eating dry straw. Um, it was there wasn't a lot of flavor and it was really hard to chew. But it came with this incredible kimbap pepper sauce, uh, and that made it worth it. So I'm assuming, like, they just, like, grill or barbecue or whatever the whole spider, right? So you eat the fuzz and the crunch and the exoskeleton, the whole kit. Yeah. Yep, yep, okay. yeah. It, it was deep fried. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I try anything deep fried, really, so. Not battered, Good though, so just crispy. Oh, mm, yeah. All right, well. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to throw that on my food list, but definitely you have officially won the award for most interesting food of anybody I've ever spoken with. So, um, kudos. Um, all right. So, so let's dig in. And, and as I mentioned, I, we always start off the, the conversation with the rapid fire questions. So your first career, you've had such an amazing trajectory of your career, but what's the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? Uh, this was a an interesting question. I I thought of, had to think about it for a little while, but um, the first thing that I remember was that I was obsessed with space. Um, so I really wanted to be an astronaut. I had a really great Snoopy book about it, um, and I'm not sure if that was before or after I wanted to be a falconer slash veterinarian. Um, but those were like kind of my first two that I remember. Wow, falconer slash vegetarian, or sorry. <laughs> veterinarian that's um that is an interesting combo <laughs> i was really, adjacent for sure yeah yeah so i was really interested in birds of prey i don't know why <laughs> all right well uh that's cool um all right and who is the first big influencer in your life my my parents were we already mentioned my dad um were huge influences in my life and um i was an only child I grew up in really tight-knit communities, so um, had a lot of friends and neighbors, but spent a lot of time with my parents. Um, 
And growing up, I would follow, I would go with my dad to, he was a public speaker, go to his events and kind of just see the impact that he had on people. Um, and that really made me want to have an impact in my life as well. So you traveled a lot as a kid. Yeah, I got to go along with him on business trips. Um, it kind of gave me the travel bug early. Um, got to go to Australia um, and the Bahamas and Bali, uh, all kind of nice. before I was 15. So, Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. So what song would you say epitomizes your career path? Oof, that is a great question. I misread it when I was reading through the prep work and just thought that it was kind of what is the the theory um is there a song now like you know you've you've had an incredible a very exciting year lots going on both work and 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 personally yeah is there a song right now that like whether it's a current song or something maybe that you go to that just really resonates with you I do. Uh, when I when I took the the job and moved to London, I created a CEO playlist for myself that was kind of like how to pump myself up and and help kind of build my confidence and feel like I could do this. Um, and the main song on there, like what started it all, was uh, "Boys Will Be Boys" by Dua Lipa. Um, okay. <laughs> not sure if you have heard it, but uh, it's a just a female empowerment, uh, boys will be boys, but girls will become women, um, is kind of the, the gist. That is absolutely apropos. That is fantastic. I love the fact that you created a CEO playlist. I, I imagine that your, your trip across the pond, you just had it on repeat, just, <laughs> just going, do you want to eat? Nope. Just need my music. <laughs> yes. I still, when I have a hard day, I've turned it on and, and listened through it. It's a good one. If your career was a street name, was an actual road, what would the street name be? I wanted to say something cool like Thunder Lane um, or something weird like Huntingberry Passage. Um, but when I think about kind of what what my career has been like, it's really been about seeing uh, there being opportunities and stepping into them, raising my hand, um, and volunteering for opportunities to progress and grow. So I'm going to go with volunteer way. Cool. So I guess, you know, you mentioned being an only child, um, and traveling and, and hanging out with your, your parents and stuff. I can imagine volunteering came naturally. So speaking up in class and engaging because that's how you interacted with your peers. You didn't have a peer at home to engage with. Um, so I, I can see how that really drove you. And, and what a great thing to start early. Um, clearly, your parents supported you in that. And I imagine they shuffled you around to a lot of things if you were volunteering for a lot of things. As I mentioned earlier, you've had an amazingly big year, um, both personally and, and career-wise, president and CEO, a huge accomplishment, I would say relatively early in your career. What's your career journey been like to get you there so quickly? Yeah, um, I have done a lot of different things. My very first like out of college or well, in college job, I'm, I'm skipping the, the high school ones, but was door to door uh, sales for a painting company. 
So kind of got into the hustle really early. Um, And I've really kind of tried my hand at everything, lots of different departments um, and roles from software testing to event management to lead generation, where I was cold calling 50 plus people a day, trying to get them to buy leadership training. Um, And the, the kind of core tenants, I guess, of my career are um, I've been in some like sales related, marketing related roles, um, at least until more of my general management now. Um, I've really loved and invested in leadership development and becoming a, a good leader and, and how to understand and motivate teams. Um, and then I, I always want to... Um, do my best to surprise people and and exceed expectations. So always trying to do a little bit better today than I did yesterday um, and continue to grow. Um, I, yeah, I I think a good example is when I started in lead generation, that was kind of my like um, transition from supporting roles into something where I like felt like I could really crush it. and there was a ramp quota for the first quarter. Um, and my my personal goal that I set for myself was to hit the goal that or the target that everyone else on the team had, even though I was kind of the newest team member. Um, I didn't quite hit that, but I did exceed the ramp quota. Um, and I, I was kind of managing the team in two quarters after being the newest member of the team. So really just kind of asking for what I wanted, setting my sights high and trying to exceed expectations. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> true. Is there something, was there a defining moment, a decision and action and interaction that you had maybe, you know, doesn't matter when in your, in your life, whether it was school or career that really showed you and really made it stick that, you know what, by setting goals and pushing to exceed them, was a passion and a real motivator for you? Like something that really got you, you talk about a passion for leadership and early investment in understanding not only what leadership is, but what good leadership looks like. Do you know where that came from? Is there something that you can think to that that really got you down that path? Yeah, I I mean, I do think that I mentioned my parents and my dad earlier, like my dad was teaching CEOs how to lead better companies when I was growing up. And so I, I think I got to see and, and experience and understand kind of the the things that he was training other people to do and and understand that that was potentially um, possible. It was something you could learn to do. It wasn't something that like you inherently had or didn't have. Um, the other thing I, um, I got to work for really strong, women. I've had the enormous pleasure to almost all of my leaders, bosses, CEOs have been women. Um, Several of them have been lesbian women like myself. And I think it really that representation, that understanding that like doing something crazy, like running two companies across several time zones was was even an option for me um, was really important. I I think representation is huge. so I'll go with that. Uh, the other one is obviously uh, raising my hand and volunteering, asking my boss if she would 
be willing to let me run the new company we are we were acquiring uh in london so that that was pretty pivotal as well that's chutzpah that is um you know that is amazing but again one of the things that you know i've always taught my kids and it was a lesson i learned a little bit later in my career was if you don't ask you don't get yes so the worst that can happen is they say no right they you may walk out of the room and they're going holy crap like what where'd she get those from you know be able to ask that question but there's an inherent garnering of respect that comes out of that even if they think you're completely loco and you know there's no way in hell they would ever give you the job clearly not the case in your in your situation um but it gets them thinking right it certainly get for the next time it, you know you don't have to ask next time because they're like you know what they've they've got you know the 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 wherewithal to be able to do it or at least to take on the challenge yeah well and and just to to, to clarify like I was not told yes the first time um so <laughs> how you react to when people do say yeah. no is super important um and not taking that as there's not an option for you but okay what do I need to do to get there so you'll say next time is super important Oh, that is brilliant advice. No doesn't mean never. It yes. just means not right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's great. I'm, that's fantastic. That's such a good takeaway. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, president, CEO, director, like you have so many hats to wear right now. What does that current role look like? You upped your life and moved to London, mm -hmm. you and your family, uh, your wife, and what does it look like? What are some of the challenges, the compromises that you have to make? Are they different from what you were doing before? Uh, yeah, I'm, my life has changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. Um, and that's something that I really like. Um, one of, I was talking to someone on the, the broader team yesterday and about just like, the world that we're in. And, and the, she said, at least we know we'll never get bored. And that is, that is so true. Um, I, there are unending things to do and try and learn. Um, we have a, fan, have a fantastic team um, on multiple continents and that really presents fun challenges. Like things might not be perfect all the time. We might not have at like hit our target last month that we wanted to, but we're learning, we're getting better. And um, I know that we can, uh, we can meet the challenge and we can get there. Um, so I, I think that's a big part of it. Um, and it, there's, it's a lot of kind of keeping balls in the air. It's a lot about prioritizing, knowing where I'll have the biggest impact. Um, what can I do to support and unblock my team? Um, and then how can I up-level everyone around me so that we're all improving and not just, um, I'm not trying to do everything. I'm trying to help us get to where we need to get to together. So that's an interesting point that you bring up that I think a lot of particularly new leaders struggle with. It sounds very much like you're a doer. Like you just, you know, you, you see what needs to get done and you dig in and do it. Takes one to know one. 
Um, and often what I've found as well as, you know, some of the other women that I've interviewed, that's one of the hardest things to step back from is not, you know, you can get in and do it. You can might maybe do it faster, um, not necessarily better, but faster than somebody who's just learning or you have a way of doing it, but being able to step back and enable them to try new things, to be able to do it their way and maybe watching and knowing, you know what, just from previous experience, that's not going to work or it's not going to work as well as if you did it this way, but you, you have to let them do that anyways. I've got to imagine, especially new company recently acquired, new leader, you're absolutely looking to hit the ball completely out of the park into like the next field. Yeah. That's got to be a challenge. Yeah, I, I definitely. And I'm, I'm definitely, in case anyone on my team is listening, like I'm not saying I have it all figured out. Um, there's, there's always more that we can learn, that I can learn on doing that better. Um, I think like the big shift came from, for me when, cause early on in my career, I was, I mean, I still, like you said, I'm a doer. Um, and I was also a perfectionist. I wanted everything to be done super, super exactly right. Um, and as I took on more, um, when I, when I first joined Traject, um, I was managing the sales team and the marketing team across seven different brands. And I just kind of like looked at what was on my plate and there was just no way for it to all be done perfectly. Um, and I think that kind of transition in my brain of like the way to do this, like there's no way for me to do everything. So I have to lean on my team and my team was great. Um, still are in touch with a lot of them, still work with several of them. Um, and if you give people the the support and the guidance and the feedback, they they will definitely surprise you. Um, if you set the right expectations, they'll be able to to crush it. And if they're not, then there's a conversation to be had there. Um, so it's a it's always a work in progress, um, and I continue to find ways that I can be more explicit and not step in and step on people's toes and, and let um, people figure it out on their own versus like when to step in. Um, but it is an important thing to try to get better at. Um, so I think knowing that that's what you need to do, is half the battle. Um, and then surrounding yourself with the people that you know are going to be able to get it done. Yeah, very good advice. So your career's pretty much been in the tech space, you know, from you know from the get go. If you weren't in the tech space, what would you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I always joke that my two kind of like backup careers. Uh, I have one that is like a pipe dream. I probably couldn't do, but I think would be really wild, and that's a master builder, master Lego builder. <laughs> Um, oh, so fun. <laughs> I'm not good at building Legos. I just like think that that's a wild career option that would be hilarious. Um, but I, I was a bartender in college and I loved that kind of in-person interaction. Um, and there is something about like the always on um, in the tech space where 
like you have a global product, someone is always using it. You kind of have to be paying attention. You can still take vacations and whatever, but um, there is an always on kind of mentality versus like yeah. when you're in the service industry, you go in, you show up, you give it your all, you have a blast and then you go home and you're exhausted and there's nothing else you have to think about. Um, so yeah. that's kind of my retirement plan is going into back into the service industry, like a, running a coffee shop or something where people can gather. Um, I think I would like that. Sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll Sounds see if great. it ever happens. <laughs> I mean, already you've given us such amazing advice from your all of your leadership tra- training, taking on continually growing leadership roles. Is there something that you've learned that has carried you through um, a piece of advice, maybe from one of your mentors that you mentioned earlier or advocates that you mentioned earlier or something that you've picked up along the way that you just think, you know what, if you only know this, it will carry you forward. Yeah. One of my, my CEOs um, that I learned so much from, he he always said that one of the mo- one of the main defining characteristics of a leader is that they want the ball. Um, we've talked about this a little bit and um, throughout our, our conversation today, but that kind of desire to lead and and then communicating that desire, I think, is is a huge part of it. If people mm-hmm. have to kind of guess what you want or you're afraid to say, like, this is what I want, um, it opens up opportunities for other people to say that and to kind of go around you. And I know as women, we're kind of taught to just do your best and then you will be given these things. Um, but I I think it's really important to communicate what you want. Um, again, it, it definitely matters how you respond to that if they say no, um, because there's, there's a way to be defeated and say, well, I tried, I'm never going to try again. Um, and then there's a, okay, give me feedback. How can I do it better next time? That, that I think is really important. Yeah. That's, that's always my, anytime anyone asks me, how do I get where, where you are is know where you want to go. Tell everyone, not just your manager, like make sure that your peers know that you want to manage people. You want to lead, um, makes things less awkward if that does happen. Um, and keep asking. That is very good advice. Keep asking. Uh, so simple, but so true and applicable in all facets of life. Totally. Right? You just, if, if you don't ask, you don't get. And I think you, to your earlier point about don't take no as meaning never. Yes. No is a, is a current state that will change and evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may get several no's in a row. <laughs> But um, eventually you'll get either, you know, the yes or the maybe. And, you know, you see a crack in the door and you got to you got to push through that door. You got to make it wide enough to, to walk through and and uh, and clearly work for it. So um, I think one thing where where we go astray for those of us who, who who've been around in, the, in our careers a little bit longer is we we don't tend to give as much um actionable advice mm. and practical advice as we could to others. Interesting. Be that be that people that we manage or even our friends, right? Yeah. Like I read this really great book. 
I highly recommend it. And things like that. We just, you know, if we get into that, that mentality of, of helping everyone, we help ourselves at the same time. Um, and clearly that's the way you lead and is so inspiring. Um, as is, you know, everything that you've done. So before I say goodbye, cause this has been fantastic. Where can we find you? Are you doing any speaking engagements? Are you writing a book? Do you have a blog or a podcast? I, I do not have any of those things. <laughs> um, I, me and my dad have talked about writing a book together for a very long time. Maybe one day I will make enough time in my personal life to do that. Probably not this year with the baby on the way. Um, but I am on LinkedIn. I do try to engage there. Um, I contribute and, and help with the sendable.com and loomly.com blogs. They're, we're, they're both fantastic social media management tools if you want to check those out as well. Um, and I, I'll continue to, to pop up in places. I, I really like to be guests on podcasts and maybe one day I'll um, get back to creating one myself. <laughs> well, congratulations on the baby. Your life is about to get upended again. Yes. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. So kudos and, and congratulations to you and your wife. You're about to embark on the most exciting adventure of your life. And thank you so much for today's conversation. I know you are slammed, but honestly, your our conversation, your career is so impressive and your commitment to team and honestly, everybody else's success. It's not about raising your own ship. It, it really is about raising the tide for everybody you work with is so inspiring. It's just fantastic. So, so thank you again. And to my audience, thank you for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed our conversation uh, or my conversation with Caitlin. And if you're keen to hear more stories from amazing women, join me next week when I'll be speaking with Amy Woods and how her supportive straight talking approach, strategic thinking, good humor, and entrepreneurial spirit has led her to be the CEO and founder of Content 10X, the first and longest running content repurposing agency in the world of which we need to do so much more of. But in any case, that's a whole other topic. And as always, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net to sign up for our email list, um, as well as check out the links and resources from our show notes with Caitlin. Thank you again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. Don't go south, but there's nothing funny now.